You may be seated. And what an awesome day to be together. Easter weekend is one of my favorite weekends of the year. One of my favorite things about it is that we get to take the kids and go hunt Easter eggs. But I tell you, we have, we have a little bit of a problem at our house. We have so many eggs, we had to call an egg exterminator. See, Easter is also a time where I tell dumb jokes to start my sermon. So I've got a couple more for you. Don't you worry. Um, so how do bunnies stay healthy? Egg-sur-size. Yeah. I tried these out on my kids. They, they acted about like you did. Um, oh, here's one for you, the thinkers in the room. How, how do you spell Easter backward? E-A-S-T-E-R-B-A-C-K-W-A-R-D. All right, for the visuals, people that are more visual, I have a visual joke. I'll let that sink in. Some of you may need to ask your neighbor what that means. Um, well, we, we are, we're here to enjoy being together, but uh, we're here to open God's Word. If you don't have a Bible and you want one, we have some we'd like to loan you or give to you. I'll even tell you what page number we're going to be on. So just raise your hand, and Rob's in the back, and he'll get one to you if you want one. Um, we're going to be on page 835 in the Bible that we're passing out, just like the one I'm teaching from. Today is the day... We celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. This is the day. A special day, and I want to be clear that it's through the resurrection of Jesus Christ that new life is made possible. We celebrate believing that only through Jesus can a person experience new life. So what I'd like to do is read Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 through 10 again the ones that John read. And it's interesting because in the Bible, there's not a lot of story around the telling of the facts about Jesus being raised from the dead. It's just simply told, this is what's happened. And so we're gonna read it again, these 10 verses. And in reading it, what I'd like for you to do is stand to your feet. And if you have a Bible, uh, just follow along or you can listen. Here's what we're celebrating. This event in history Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he's going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy. And ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. 
Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. May God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated. Let me ask you a question. What have you ever heard that filled you with great joy and fear? It really is a strange combination of emotions. I mean, we can think of times when we felt one or the other. Like maybe you felt great joy when you saw the face of your firstborn child. I will never forget that day when I saw my first child born. We had been anticipating it for what felt like for Jeannie three years, but it really was around nine months. And when that baby came out and I was able to look on his face, I felt great joy. I was moved to tears. I just kept saying to him, I love you, Kobe. I love you, Kobe. I love you, Kobe. I love you, Kobe. I have to make a confession. I have no idea if this picture is Kobe. It's one of my four children. (laughs) I just know that that's what they wear in the hospital. I felt great joy when I saw his face. It's much like what I feel every day when I come home from work and my four children and wife greet me at the door. Or maybe we could think about the fear that they felt and try to wrap our minds around it. The fear that they felt was like they recognize the awesomeness of something. I had an interesting experience this week, something I've never done before. I got to fly an airplane. So I was not planning on it, but Monday night, a friend of mine asked me if I would help him move to Kansas City and I would be driving a car on Tuesday. So Friday night, six o'clock, he said, hey, can you drive to Kansas City on Tuesday? And I said, well, it's the week of Easter. I've got nothing else to do. Why not? So sure enough, we drove to Kansas City, 13 hours in the car on Tuesday, and my route back on Wednesday was going to be via private airplane. Now, I I knew that I would be excited to be on the plane, and it would be a cool experience, but I had no idea that I was going to get to fly. Well, I get on the plane, and he says, come on up here, and you can help me fly. And I couldn't believe it, because I am on the plane in the front. So we begin to go up, and of course, he takes off. He begins to explain what all the control panels do, and I was amazed by that. He begins to ask me questions about calculating things. I think he was trying to figure out if I was smart enough to be able to fly. So he started saying, well, you know, if we're going this fast and have this much gas left, what do you think? And I was like in my head going, oh, come on, math degree, don't fail me now. And so he might entrust me. Well, sure enough, we get up, I think it was 9,000 feet, something like that. And he said, okay, you're in charge. I said, what? He said, yeah, you're in charge. And so there I am with the, I don't know what they call it, Rob, steering wheel? What? Steering wheel. And so there I am with the steering wheel. And and he begins to explain to me, and I am flying. I look out the window, we're thousands of feet in the air. And for that moment, I felt fear. It wasn't the kind of fear where I was scared that that this gentleman was going to hit me or abuse me. It was the kind of fear where I recognized the awesomeness of this moment. I was in awe that here I am thousands of feet in the air with mine and my friend's destiny in my hands. I mean, I could have pushed that thing down and we would have, you know, he probably hit autopilot and then restrained me or something. But it was at the same time, it was so awesome. Well, these women felt great joy and they felt fear. What a strange combination of emotions. They come to the tomb where Jesus was held. They went there planning to prepare his body as is traditionally done among the Jews, and they're going to prepare it with these spices. 
But when they arrived, they saw an angel. They felt an earthquake and they found an empty tomb. You see, Jesus was no longer dead. He was raised from the dead by the power of God, just as the angel said, do not be afraid for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here for he has risen as he said. Come see the place where he lay. Can you imagine that moment? I mean, they thought Jesus was a good man, a trustworthy rabbi, a worker of miracles. But now that they are discovering Jesus conquers the grave, how did they feel? They felt joy and great fear. They felt joy because the resurrection proved that Jesus was Lord. Some thought, think, he was a liar. Others think he was a lunatic. But his defeat of death declares that he is Lord. Paul tells the Corinthians sometimes later as he's talking to them about what happened. If Jesus has not been raised from the dead, then the faith of the Christians is futile. Corinthians 15, 17 says, if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and your sin, you are still in your sins. Because there's a resurrection of Christ, you and I can have the hope of a new life. Many of you have experienced great joy when hearing the good news about Jesus. Can you remember the first time? When those women women heard that Jesus was raised from the dead, they got to go immediately to the empty tomb. Now, it's kind of hard to see, but this is a photo that was taken by a couple of people in our church that went to Israel recently. They got to see the tomb where many believe Jesus was put. And it's hard to see, but it's a rock wall and it looks like there's a door in it. And so imagine that these Two women hear from the angel that he's been raised from the dead and they're invited to go look at the tomb and so they get to make their way over there. Some of you have heard that Jesus was raised from the dead, but on your way to see for yourself, something turned you away. Here's what I mean. Maybe some of you have had a bad experience in the church. So you heard that Jesus was raised from the dead and it interested you So you went to find out more about it, but before you could truly see for yourself, something turned you away. Maybe it was a bad experience in the church, or maybe it was some kind of temptation, and maybe something came your way that distracted you. These women are on their way to the tomb, and maybe something could have distracted them, so they went on and began to follow something else, rather than going and seeing that Jesus truly has been risen from the dead, or raised from the dead. Maybe you heard the good news that Jesus was raised from the dead some years ago, But the reason that it doesn't matter much more for you is because something distracted you. Maybe the difficulties of life, or maybe there's been some really hard event in your life and what's kept you from seeing and believing and living that Jesus has been raised from the dead is because you cannot reconcile the difficulty you're experiencing with how a good God can allow that to happen. Maybe something's kept you from seeing that and believing that and living that. Will you look for yourself? No matter your circumstances and the things that try to prevent you from believing deep, deep within yourself that Jesus was raised from the dead, will you look for yourself so that you can experience the kind of joy that these women experienced? You see, if you are to go to that tomb, 
you will find an empty tomb. In every other world religion, you can go to the tomb of its leader. But the tomb of our Lord Jesus is empty. But we cannot forget. His women also felt fear. Now, we have to think about this for a second because this notion of fear begins to intimidate us a bit. Why would they feel fear, right? Well, maybe they felt fear because they knew that most people would reject their story. It was a difficult story to believe, and they were women. And in this day, at this time, in this culture, the testimony of a woman was not given much merit. I mean, nowadays, we love to hear what you have to say. But in this day, among the Jews, the woman's testimony was not given much more credit than that of a robber's. So maybe they were fearful knowing that their story would be rejected by so many people. Or maybe their fear was because of the implications of the resurrection. I mean, if Jesus was raised from the dead, then life as they knew it would never be the same. No longer would they have to look for rules to be saved. No longer would they count their own merit and whether or not they were good enough before God to be saved. But instead, because Jesus was raised from the dead, they would look to Jesus for salvation. Jesus did what they could not do for themselves, and that is live a perfect life, fulfill the law, and bear the wrath of God. This is what it means that Jesus was crucified on a cross and then he raised from the dead. Because of that, for them, became a new reality. Jesus changed everything. They were the first ones to know about it. Why were they afraid? Well, I want you to know that in the Bible, there's this really important, healthy sense of fear among anyone who has seen God work. It's not the kind of fear that people feel um, when they're afraid of, of an attack or, or maybe they've suffered some sort of abuse and so they're timid or fearful in that way. No, no, it's the kind of fear that people feel when they see God work, when they catch a glimpse of God's power. It's the kind of fear that leads to obedience. Now, it's not the fear of a loss of relationship. It's the kind of fear that leads to obedience because you want to see God work more. You want to see God do something more powerful in your presence. No doubt these women caught a glimpse of the power of God, and so they were awestruck. They felt some healthy fear. Let me ask you a question. How do you feel when you hear the news that Jesus was raised from the dead? How do you feel? Maybe it's familiar to you. Let us feel joy. Knowing that God loves us so much that we are not left alone. Instead, Jesus is with us through God's Holy Spirit. Let us feel joy. Knowing that the best that this life has to offer 
cannot compare to the greatness of knowing God as his children. Let us feel joy knowing that when it seems that evil has won, God still reigns. And there will be a day, listen, when Jesus will return to finally and completely judge wickedness, restore brokenness, and end this battle that we're in. Let us feel joy, but let us also feel fear. Let us feel the fear that comes with the honest uncertainty of how things will work out so that in that moment we're drawn close to God. Let us feel fear that leads to obedience, knowing that God is awesome and worthy of our lives. Let us feel the fear that we might waste our lives living with some other message on our lips than the one declared by those angels, those women, and those early followers of Christ. Let us feel joy and fear. And if any way your heart has been awakened this morning with these feelings of joy and fear, I pray that your feelings will lead to action. Here are two things I would like to ask you to do. First of all, behold God's love, which will be poured into your heart when you turn away from false gods and follow Jesus Christ. This isn't about a religion. Some of you are here because you were invited by somebody that loves you very much. And their hearts are moved with joy and fear because they've heard the good news and begin to follow Christ. And they love you so much that they want for you to behold God's love, which will be poured into your heart when you turn away from whatever gods you're following and you follow Jesus Christ. And you might say, I'm too bad. I've heard it before. Let me tell you something. In this room right now, you sit among people who cheated on their spouse and nearly lost their marriage people who've lied to build multi-million dollar businesses, people who are gangbangers, dealt drugs, and ended up in prison. We have in our church a former porn star, a former heroin addict, a former glutton. And I promise you, you are not the chief of sinners. I am he. Jesus was raised from the dead to give life to people like you and me, people who feel like we're too bad for God's love. I pray that you're moved to accept God's love if you think you're too bad. Some of you say, well, I'm too good. Let me tell you something. There will be a day when you stand before a holy God and realize that your good life was not enough to earn you salvation. You're intelligent, I get it. But what will you say when you stand before God and he asks you, why did you worship other gods and not him? Why did you not believe that Jesus was sent to die on the cross so that our sin could be forgiven and raised from the dead so that we can have new life. No matter how smart you are or how good you are, you are dead in your sin without the new life that's in Christ. Will you accept God's love? That's the first thing. The first most appropriate action to a heart that feels joy and great fear. The second thing that I pray you're moved to do 
is go quickly and tell others. It's interesting when these two women approached the tomb, the angel gave them a message. They were told to go quickly and tell others. Then they saw Jesus on the way and Jesus said what? Go quickly and tell others. There's a movement in the scripture where when we receive it, we get to go quickly and tell others. And the reality is that 50 years, most people in this room will be dead. Aren't you good? glad you came? You felt old enough? And so you have to think about how you're gonna live the next, next years of your life. And just as those women were filled with joy and fear and they were compelled to go quickly and tell others, this is a message that we must spread among people who have never heard it. And we can't just say it, we must live it. When you say it, people will reject you most often the first time, especially in this culture, because there's a lot of people saying it, yeah, Jesus, 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 and their lives look like the devil. Will you go quickly and tell others? This is the purpose of the local church. Some of you are a little confused as to what the local church is about. Here's the purpose of the local church. The local church is to be a place that encourages you as you experience God's love and teaches you how to share it with others. That is, that's what the church is for. Will you go quickly and tell others? Last year, I had the opportunity to go to Africa like I've done a number of times before. And I go into one of the poorest parts of Africa, and I'm not allowed to tell you where it is because there's a lot of good things happening there, but if people found out about it, um, the government could come in and they could be endangered. While I was in Africa, I heard of this man. This man was a former Muslim converted to Christianity. And when I heard his story, I began to ask about him and about his life. And, and I found out that he was telling others about a Jesus who was risen from the dead. And I asked him, I said, sir, through an interpreter, I said, sir, why, why would you believe that Jesus has been raised? I mean, because for someone to convert from Islam to Christianity, not only, not, they're not just making a, a religious choice, a, a choice of where to attend church on Sunday morning, but instead they're choosing to put their lives in danger. They're choosing to lose family. They're choosing to potentially lose their land, to become even more impoverished than they were already. And I said to him, I said, sir, what in your heart happened? I mean, this is incredible. And he says to me, with his head kind of leaned back. He says, imagine that you were on a journey and you came to a fork in the road. And on one side, there was a man who was dead. And on the other side, there was a man who was alive. Who would you follow? We celebrate today because Jesus has been raised from the dead and it changes everything. I don't know what gods you chase after, but can I just ask you to behold God's love and if you have done that, to go quickly and tell others.
Would you bow your head?